podcast podcast andy we are back to talk about podcasts we are talking a about podcast about podcasting last time uh if you remember eagle-eared uh listeners will remember we talked about the google plosion uh and changing mm. podcast directories and uh this week we're taking on oh andy another hot topic in the world and that is our negotiating with our coming robot overlords ai <laughs> and how we're using is it that what podcasting. this is that's what this is we all know where I better sunk. start thinking. I better think more about my mid-journey prompts you, if they're <laughs> if they're already judging me. <laughs> Absolutely, you should be thinking about that because you are being judged. You're being trained upon, and and this is just a precursor to you being trained. So we're talking about AI and how we use it in podcasting and uh, and our work at True Story. And I, you know, it seems like we should probably start with a, a bit of conversation about. The, the current state of the public impression of AI, the the benefits and, dare I say, concerns. I, well, and it fluctuates constantly because, you know, rightfully so, I think a lot of people have concerns about how AI can be manipulated by people with ill intent, uh, particularly in the realm of politics and news and what sort of fake uh, fake news creations are perhaps going to be put out there. What sort of um, misinformation will be uh, will be abused in in our world? And also, there's the whole conversation about people who are creatives and who are creating things that are then getting pulled into the AI system to be integrated into its uh, learning language. Mm-hmm to create its own things that are ideally intended to be its own unique thing. But, you know, as people feel, sometimes it it seems like, oh, well, this seems awfully like Stephen King when I read this, or uh, this looks like this artist. And that's, I think, a lot of the sorts of concerns that we're getting with it. Well, and, and for a while, and, and I've tested this, you can't do this anymore. So this is when Andy says things are changing rapidly. This is an example. Oh, yeah. For a while, you could... Put, you could copy and paste the first paragraph to Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's <laughs> Stone, or and it would and say what comes next. And because it's a essentially a, a glorified autocomplete, right? I'm saying that super dismissively, and I shouldn't, but a glorified <laughs> autocomplete, it'll tell you what comes next because it knows what comes next after those specific words. Well, now it there is a response that says, hey, we, we're not going to tell you what comes next. We know you're trying to, you're trying to play us, says the robot. That's not really what it says, but it does say this is copyright material. We detect that you're, you're, um, you know, you're talking about Harry Potter and uh, you, you can't do that. We're not going to tell you what comes next. But that does yeah. bring to, to the, the fore this whole idea of styles because just because I can't get, uh, you know, one of these models to output word for word, chapter and verse, uh, any of the books of Harry Potter anymore, I can say, please give me a paragraph of this story in the style of J.K. Rowling or in the style of one of the Harry Potter universe novels. And and that's concerning for a lot of people. It's concerning for me, uh, you know, as a creator to imagine that styles can be so easily you know, duplicated, replicated, um, and and so quickly, and and that's a real challenge. So we start this conversation with a with a, a bit of a, a caveat that says we know <laughs> we know it's problematic, 
And we know that the world is changing really, really fast at work and in, in creation. And yet, I think, uh, I hope you agree, I think, Andy, we've come up with a, a real balanced approach to how these tools save us time and allow us to do things that we were not doing before. Well, and I think that's, you know, the big benefit with AI is finding ways to, you know, take shortcuts and, and things that, you know, once took longer, you can do in a much more streamlined way. And that, especially in the realm of podcasting, where, you know, just creating the actual episode itself is one part of it, right? You have to create the episode and then there are the show notes that you write and the show art and titling and like there are all these different tools that you are putting together in order to actually release it to the public and make sure that it gets found and heard and and uh, interacted with, et cetera, et cetera. And that's, that's where we really start finding a lot of benefit in the way that AI is used as a tool by people in a space like ours, as opposed to just, uh, you know, something where people are maliciously using it in ways uh, for ill-gotten gain. Well, and I would I would hang a flag on this particular point you just made. Like our core business is creating podcasts. It's creating conversations between human beings on microphones and releasing those things into the world. We could strip down all the other things we do, right? Transcripts, we could strip down show notes and graphics and all that stuff and go to a very basic website that just has the episodes that we create. And that would represent the core of our business. Everything else is designed for findability, right? To allow us to create the words and titles and tools that allow us to, to allow others to find the website in a very noisy online marketplace of ideas. But we are, and, and those are the areas where we are exploring using AI, not creating the core work of our business, creating podcasts. And and I, I just need to say that out loud as often as I possibly can. We are not churning out more podcasts because we have AI. <laughs> right. We are augmenting our existing podcasts that we create with tools like AI to help other people find them. Yeah, it is a tool in the work that we do to yeah. further all of the elements that we need in order to market our podcast properly. The first step usually is, is our transcripting tools. Uh, transcripts are an incredibly important element of podcasts because there are plenty of listeners out there who can't actually listen. And so having the ability to make a podcast readable is incredibly helpful for a lot of people. Transcripting is still kind of in that stage with AI where it's not perfect. It doesn't always get all the words right. Uh, and so in general for you know, official transcripts that are getting released with episodes, we still usually use a human to actually do the transcribing. But AI is getting better and better with that. And as a starting place for our next steps, doing an auto AI transcript is a good first step. It is. And and I would say, you know, the the leaps that AI needs to needs to make to be able to make a great transcript are sure the words it needs to be able to get all the words right. I would say it's getting a lot of words right, and uh, it is impressive looking at some of these transcriptions uh, that that we get out of our you know longer episodes. The thing that it that it struggles with is um, getting names, like being able to assign a voice a name so that as you're reading the transcript, you can actually see who's saying what. Right now, it's incredibly useful to run a transcript so that you can use it as 
uh, grist for the mill, right? For for uh, for you know source material for other steps. But for most of any of the shows that we produce and publish podcasts with transcripts, we use a human transcriber uh, right now to do that. This is an area where I I am bittersweet because I know. I know that this is an area where where jobs will change as a result of AI. Uh, there are people who make their living doing fantastic transcripts, and when you compare what AI is able to do to a human transcript, that gap is closing pretty rapidly. It is not closed yet, for sure, but it is closing. So that's yeah. a, that is yeah. the, the humble reality. Um, right. But we take those transcripts. And we move the the tool we use. Should we talk about the specific tool we use for that as we're talking about these things? Or do we want to just talk about the functions first? Oh, I mean, it probably is a, a fine idea to talk about some of these tools that we use okay. uh, you know, as we're going through each step. So the, the tool we use on our desktops, we're, Mac, we're a Mac shop. And so we use the tool uh, Whisper AI. Whisper is, uh, Mac Whisper is the tool that we use on our, on our computers. And it's built on top of... of uh, OpenAI's Whisper AI model. And there are a lot of apps that plug into the Whisper AI model uh, on Mac and Windows, and you can certainly uh, find one that works on your system. We have really come to to love what Mac Whisper is doing, and, and that's the tool we stick with for our, for our current workflow from there. And what's nice about it is it does have a free version as well as uh, pro versions. Yes. So that's very handy. From there, we take that transcript. And now what we generally use the transcripts for is to create the show notes. We can write the show notes. Uh, we write plenty of show notes ourselves. But what's nice about uh, this tool is for shows where we're not necessarily editing it or where it's just easier for the purposes of the show is when we have a, a template, we can plug it in to uh, AI and say, I'd like the show notes to look like this, and it reads the transcript, and it actually creates the show notes for us. And uh, the different AI tools are incredibly helpful for this purpose, because we can give it some very specific instructions, like I want the introduction to look like this. I want to include quotes. I want to include bullet points. And you can lay all of that out, and, and it can kind of craft it for you. I did a podcast with a wonderful uh, corporate attorney, uh, Bryn Goodman. Uh, she's at a, a law firm in New York. And we were talking specifically about AI in the workplace and AI in the law. And she was so uh, exuberant about using uh, AI tools smartly and not hiding from them and not letting ideology get in the way of exploring what they can do while so many of these things are being litigated, right? But one of the things that she was, she really leaned in hard on is just making sure that we all understand what training means because that word is used, um, you know, it's sort of weaponized in the context of AI, like training data. It takes, like we were talking about J.K. Rowling, it takes all these books from everywhere and it uses them as training data. What we're doing when we're, when we're building our show notes is we're training an AI model on our own show, right? Our own material. So we can then effectively, uh, you know, we can ask it to write these show notes. And uh, Andy diligently built these text expander snippets that allow us to create show notes based on, 
that are consistently formatted based on our transcripts. Uh, but it goes on from there. We can interview our show notes about topics that we talked about, right? We can interview our show notes about specific guests, and it just allows us to focus on the material that we're creating, not the the world at large uh, sort of poisoning the the well, so to speak. And that has become a really interesting tool for us, being able to essentially interview our past shows quickly and easily and figure out what we said. Um, you know, it works, I think, so much better and more intuitively to have a conversation with our show than to just use search for keywords, which tends to be a, a little bit scattershot. And, you know, there are cons with, with using AI in this way, like something that's important to be careful with is, you know, Pete was talking about how transcripts are still working and getting names right. Well, you plug a transcript with uh, incorrectly spelled names in there, the show notes are likely going to come out with incorrectly spelled names. So it is always a starting place. I always look at the show notes as a great starting place, and then they need proofing. I just want to check all of those sorts of things to make sure that the names are correct. Uh, any other uh, information is coming through properly. And so that's, that is still a key element, but it's getting you that much farther. And that's uh, really what the tool helps with. Right. <laughs> we should say that again and loud. At no point do we consider a show note, uh, any particular show notes finished until we fact checked it against our own transcript yeah. against, you know, uh, we just make sure that it's that it's right. Like we we really want to make sure that it's right. And if it's wrong, we change it. Like this is not a, a one step and then it's finished kind of endeavor. It's also this goes back to this conversation with Bryn. You know, she's an attorney. She uses this stuff to help her create briefs. Um, she knows the the issues and challenges that come with being an attorney and using these kinds of tools. She doesn't use it to fact check, you know, or to, to come up with case law like that. We've that's settled. We don't don't use it for those kinds of things. The other thing that is really helpful with using the show notes in this way is there are there's specific verbiage that I like to use when I'm asking it to write show notes. And, you know, I, I always mention spelling check, grammar check and SEO, search engine optimization. You know, what are the keywords that are repeated over and over in the episode that I want to make sure are repeated in the show notes. And so I always ask it to also check for SEO to make sure that it is putting those words into them. So again, as it as it goes to the website and searchability and marketability with these sorts of things, these are all important elements and getting it to uh, improve the SEO in whatever way is possible is an, uh, another incredibly helpful tool. Like for example, right now I'm saying the words... Andy is a hunky, hunky boy. And the idea <laughs> behind that is to train our show and our website by way of those words in our transcript to believe going forward that Andy is a hunky, hunky boy. I, all I could do is pray that that will show up in future episodes. It doesn't take much for it to believe that, though. <laughs> it's just so true. Uh, <laughs> we use a tool on the back end of our website uh, called Yoast, and Yoast helps do a lot of things on our WordPress site. And one of the things that it is introducing is AI. And you know, if you if you're a, if you run a website, you know that, and, and you've used Yoast, you know that it can help you, you know, do custom, um, you know, uh, excerpt text, custom titles, custom slugs, URLs, all those kinds of things. That is now integrated AI. So if you have a a focused keyword and you're using it right in your SEO. Uh, created show notes and text, you can ask Yoast to AI generate the most appropriate and functional uh, uh, slugs for your show and 
excerpts for SEO. And I, you know, I think this is, we're still in the stage of your mileage may vary. Uh, we're, we're testing it. It's very new for us. And sometimes it's bonkers. Sometimes it doesn't work. It gives you, whenever you click the button, it gives you five choices of what should be, what I would expect to be highly functional SEO terms that'll support our slugs and excerpts. And sometimes it's not functional. It's too long. It's too whatever. But sometimes it's a great starting place. It's great for brainstorming. It's great for editing. And so we're, we're trying it. We're just, we're testing. And uh, I, I don't think we have what I would call settled science on running a podcast website through Yoast and using AI. It still very much requires human eyes, human touch, human fingers on keyboards. There are a lot of elements within Yoast that definitely require some time spent to just kind of play around with with language and even even taking the show notes and doing continued revisions just to make sure, well, you're not quite there as far as using your uh, keyword as much as possible or it's too focused in one area, all that sort of stuff. So Yoast is a great tool, but also, you know, it's it's getting there. It still requires some human touch. Did we we skipped, uh, I think, our favorite tool right now, which is Poe. Yes, we did skip Poe. Uh, Poe is a an amalgam of a number of different uh, AI uh, tools like ChatGPT and uh, Claude, which is a great one that we use quite a bit. And uh, you can even get mid journey prompts for show arts uh, for show art built through there there it's a kind of a collection of all of these and you know you start learning which ones are better for show notes which ones are better for uh research etc and uh i i find poe like you know just a daily tool that i am using across the board on just such a variety of our shows they include all of the bots from the major tech companies so obviously andy mentioned open ai's chat gpt through ChatGPT4, uh, the ChatGPT4 variant models, Claude, Claude 2, Claude 2 100K, um, all of those give you more sort of um, the, uh, longer prompts that you can put in there up to, you know, 75,000 words in some cases. Um, the uh, Llama, Facebook's Llama bot is in there. Google's uh, Gemini, Gemini Pro are in there. Um, so there are a ton of of bots. I mean, dozens and dozens. And there's an entire ecosystem of uh, people who create their own bots based on other bots that are specifically trained to do single functions. Like, you know, you want to play a zombie survival game right in Poe? There is a bot that is trained to be a zombie survival game, and you are the one trying to survive. There is a, uh, a bot that is trained on all of the uh, Dungeon Master guides uh, from uh, for D and D, and you can use it to uh, help you remember what is the range for my longbow, and you know all of those kinds of tools and tips, and helps you um, sort of use it as a resource um, for uh, being a, a DM. Uh, all kinds of different bots, and that's one of the reasons we love Poe. Poe, at its very best, is when you throw a few bucks at it um, to actually get access to these things, be able to have a conversation with it. This is uh, uh, as opposed to using the individual tools like Claude AI and ChatGPT on their sites. You can pay for those too. Um, but one of the things we like about Poe is that it gives you access to all of them that you want to experiment with and see which ones work best for you. 
Yeah. And, you know, I had mentioned Midjourney in there as a, as a source. Uh, they, there's a, a bot in there that helps you write better prompts for Midjourney art. And you know, it's a great tool for us to try to come up with when we're coming up with individual show art for some of our shows. And using that to kind of tap into something that feels appropriate to the episode. And so yeah. it, that's another one that's really handy. We, uh, I would say in terms of creating graphics... Um, we we do use Midjourney. I think you know Midjourney versus Dolly and Stable Diffusion and all of the differences. We landed on Midjourney because it's a familiar interface, right? In in Discord, we do a lot of our work in Discord, and uh, it just seems to come up with the closest to what my brain is imagining when it's when it's thinking about a piece of background art for a for a show. We also use um, the Adobe Suite, and the Adobe Suite of AI products is incredible. It's, it is absolutely incredible. This is, uh, I know they have tools built into some of their free um, apps, but once you get into Photoshop and Illustrator, being able to do, um, you know, straight up image creation, um, layered image creation, background replacement, filling in of empty space, like there's just some crazy stuff you could do in there. The thing I like about Illustrator is when we're building merch and we need something that we've really thought about that that we want to use um, and, and create, Adobe's is, uh, to me, it makes me feel more comfortable because their training set is built on legally acquired assets. So it's not like I'm creating a... a you know, an image that is based on something that was acquired illicitly or acquired without permission. And there is still some serious question about a lot of these models. I, I think the fact that Adobe is at least making the effort right now to say to me as a customer, if you are paying, we are going to, uh, we're going to do our very best to make sure that everything you're creating is is in the chain has been legally acquired and permitted. And so that's uh, this is one of the areas that I think is really, really gray right now. And, and so we, we're trying to to use the tools that are appropriate for that. Very important to mention. A new tool that we've been integrating into uh, into our shows is an exciting one that is uh, last on our list. It's called Twinbox. And what this is, is a tool that absorbs all of your different inf information from your uh, podcast, basically turns it into a uh, question uh, box that's on your website. It lives right there on, on the page. And anyone who's a listener can come in and just ask questions of you, of your little, you know, AI twin. And it uses all of the information that it's pulled from all the podcasts and it can come up with answers based on those, all of the stuff that you've talked about on your show. And then it also can reference those, those particular episodes for more information. And as just a great way to take what you've already put out there and turn it into a, a question bot, it's, it's a, like, this is a perfect example of the sort of AI tool that we're very excited about. As we're recording this, we have it up and running on uh, howtosplitatoaster.com. And you'll see this is a divorce podcast about saving your relationship. So even if you're not divorced uh, or planning a divorce or, or if you're just thinking about a divorce, I don't really care. The point is, if you go to that website, at the bottom there is a box that says Ask Seth and Pete. 
And if you click in that box, you'll see our digital twin at work. And you can type in any question you want about divorce. We've got 100 and I don't know how many, 50 episodes in there or something like that. And uh, it has taken all of the episodes and created this AI twin. And you can ask it questions about divorce right now. Um, uh, the attorney, uh, Seth Nelson, is the, the, the host of that show. He is based in Florida. So a lot of these questions will end with check your local jurisdiction, because if you're not in Florida, this law probably won't apply. But if you want advice on just general, you know, working through divorce, you can test out the digital twin at howtosplitatoaster.com right now. And this is coming to more and more of our shows imminently, even by the time this episode is released. Uh, so we we love the team over at Twinbox.ai. They've been really fun to help beta test uh, this tool, and it's it's been a, a neat um, opportunity for us to see what the technology can do. What other uh, what other AI tools are we currently using that are worth bringing up for people? I mean, I know a lot of the just the general tools that we use have started integrating their own AI yeah. into them, like all of our show. Uh, everything we do lives in Coda, which is a powerful uh, web-based tool that is, uh, you know, document, database, spreadsheet, kind of everything built into one that's all shareable. They're integrating AI into the Coda uh, yeah. platform. And it's really fun because it will it will help you build calculations in database tables, which is just wonderful, like really neat to be able to see how our show database can get how we can cross reference, you know, information on across hundreds, thousands of podcast episodes um, and and, you know, create new ideas out of just integrating AI into these databases. I think it's really, really fun. Personally, I use a tool called Raycast. Raycast is a, it's, it's a spotlight replacement on the Mac. And Raycast just released AI a few months ago. Uh, and if I hit command space on my Mac and open a Raycast launcher and hit tab, it goes into the AI, which is backed by ChatGPT4. So with just a quick keystroke, I can type a quick question or a quick request and it will give me the answer right there, and, and then I can open up a, a full window. I'm really just playing with it right now. Like it's, it hasn't really seeped into my workflow yet completely, but I just love that it's there and it's in the right place because it's always just a few keystrokes away. So that's one that I'm really excited about. And the other one that we uh, have access to, we use Spark email as our uh, email client and they have integrated AI. Um, and you can have it do things like uh, respond to, e write replies to emails and, you know, email follow-ups and all kinds of crazy stuff. And I have used it exactly uh, really zero times. Uh, have, do you, have you ever <laughs> like played with it in your email? I only have played with um, just some of the... Um the preformed responses and things like yeah. that. Like that's that's generally all I've used. I have very cursory uh, exploration with that. That is one of the hardest habits that I have to change. It's just that I've gotten myself pretty tuned to email and writing quick emails and having like just changing the behavior has been really hard. Like it's just hard for me to wrap my head around doing something different. But the latest update to Spark that just came out is um, it, it actually says, uh, you know, hey, learn my style. I want you to write like me. So now you can you can say, hey, Spark, go look at all my sent mail and and create essentially a bot voice for me so that when you reply to my email, it is in my tone. 
I don't love the idea of just saying, go <laughs> read all my email and then be me. I don't love that. I haven't turned that on. Um, I, yeah, I, yeah. I struggle with getting over that particular hump. Uh, so, Well, I, I think that's the trick with some of these AI tools is, again, they're tools, but you have to find a level of comfort and uh, ease with them in order to feel like you're using them effectively. And I think that's maybe one for both of us where it's like that, that might be pushing a little past the point where um, I'm comfortable as well. Like I, I enjoy the idea of helping formulate stuff, but I also want to look at it before anything goes out. Like I just, I don't like that idea. Well, and when you look at it, everything that we've talked about here, like we were talking about when we started, everything that we talked about, talked about here is solving a, a is, is letting us do new things around our core product, but it is supporting the delivery of our core product, right? And I think when we talk about email, uh, those kinds of productivity tools are things that I also kind of like. Like I, I like, you know, I don't love email. Uh, let's be honest. I don't love email, but I like <laughs> the fact that I have complete sort of control over the process, uh, over my productivity process. And it hasn't, that hasn't solved a problem I was trying to solve. Write email for me. Yeah. I was not looking for a solution to that. Like everything else, I've right. been looking for a solution for a small business to do at scale that uh, that we can afford. And that is a real consideration for all the tools that we're using. Uh, and so far, so good. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's, it's an exciting world. We've already said it is evolving constantly. Like things change so fast in the world of AI. But more and more new and exciting tools are being developed and and put into place. Uh, you know, Pete mentioned Twinbox. This is a brand new one that we were uh, beta testing with them. It's like more new and exciting tools are right around the corner. We just don't know what they are yet. It's it's a fun place to be playing in. And it's an important one to be exploring and, and just having an understanding of how can this help me as a tool uh, where it's, you know, my robot overlords are working with me, not against me. <laughs> right. Right. That's right. Uh, well, this is this has been fun. I like this conversation. I'm sure this will be dated in about six weeks. So we're going to probably have to do it again. <laughs> but in terms of walking through our workflow, in terms of how we, we create the assets that go alongside um, the, the podcast that we do, this is uh, this is becoming, I think, pretty standard across all of our shows. And uh, we're, yeah. we're excited to, to continue to evolve and explore what what actually allows us to do the work we need to do as a very small team. So thanks, yep. thanks for hanging out, everybody, on the podcast podcast from True Story FM. We appreciate you hanging out with us. We appreciate your time and attention. And uh, you know, if this, if you like talking about podcasting, uh, spread the word. Uh, we'd appreciate it if you share the podcast and, and drop us a review in Apple Podcasts and wherever reviews are um, accepted. I don't know. There's thumbs ups. There's stars. There's comments. Uh, let us know what you're thinking about. And uh, we appreciate you so much. So we'll be back maybe next week even. Who knows? <laughs> if this AI... whole episode might have to be recorded That's depending right. on if AI has changed everything. <laughs> the AI will tell us if we need to record an episode next week. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Thanks.